0: I trust you're uh, feeling encouraged uh, in your heart these days. I want us to look at the first chapter of Joshua this morning, and the title of my message is very simple, and it's based on the context of where we are. The question is, where do we go from here? Isn't that an important question when it comes to the kingdom of God, being a disciple? However many times we've answered that, we know that We have a responsibility to hear from God, to know how to move from where we are into what God has for us. And how many of you know that sometimes we get confused? We get conflicted. We get distracted. We get discouraged. We hold back. When God says, move forward, we want to stay where we are. When God says, stay and be patient, we want to rush ahead. And the key with Joshua and the children of Israel at this moment was that they hear from God and they be obedient regarding what God wanted them to do next. Now we think of Joshua as a young man, and he was relatively young compared to Moses. You know, uh, this last week, Ginger had a birthday, and Mia was very interested. That's our granddaughter, very interested in the birthday and started thinking about how old we were. And she said to Ginger, well, um, are you as old as as great-grandpa? And Ginger said, well, no. And then Mia hesitated and said, so you're medium old. (laughs) And Ginger said, yeah, I guess we're medium old. And Joshua was medium old when it was time to move across the Jordan into the promised land. How old was he? Well, he was probably in his 60s. Maybe that sounds more than medium-old to some of you. Maybe it sounds younger than medium-old than others, how relative it is. But think about how Joshua, as a young man with Moses in Egypt, experienced the evil and the treachery and the abuse under the Egyptians. And he knew when Moses appeared that there was hope for his people. Then he followed Moses in leading the children of Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness. And he was, became Moses' servant, his right-hand man, in helping in this incredible journey of faith. And it was uh, young Joshua who was chosen to go into the promised land and scout out the land and see what was there. And he went with the 12 spies and they found great promise in terms of God's provision in that land. And they came back and Joshua was ready to go. But the children of Israel weren't. In fact, they were saying, you know, we didn't have it quite so bad in Egypt. Uh, Maybe uh, there's a chance we could go back there and live a, a peaceful life, a normal life. And that that would be better for us. Don't you know that that was hard for Joshua to accept, knowing that they were so close, so close. But the question, where do we go from here? Well, the truth is, some people would rather linger in the wilderness than to cross Jordan. And face the giants on the other side of the river that are necessary to defeat in order to get established in the promised land. I don't know where you are this morning personally in your life, but in your life journey, is there a Jordan right now in front of you? I know some of you, this is so relevant because some of you, I know you're in a place in life where you know that God is stirring your heart to cross over. You don't exactly know what that means, but you know that you need to be obedient. You need the faith to push through. And how important it is for you to learn this lesson from Joshua. That, listen, obedience is always the right response. We cannot choose a life for ourselves that would ever compare with the life that God has prepared for us and prepared us for. And so to say yes to God. I hope there is a yes in your heart this morning to God. Whatever he wants you to do. You may think you're too old to cross Jordan. You may think that you have crossed over so many times that this is the time when you're supposed to rest. And yet God is saying, I have more for you. I want you to push through. There's a foundational verse here from Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 which simply says, That without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's a strong word, isn't it? Without faith, it's impossible to please God, which means what? God wants faith as our response. We would rather disagree, we would rather argue, we would rather find our own way. God wants a yes, He wants faith, He wants obedience. And we can never, in our own minds, rationalize and understand God's ways in terms of how we will agree with where God wants us to go and what He wants us to do. How many of you have had that struggle of faith where you're trying to understand it, you're trying to feel right about it, you go over it a thousand times and then you're just left saying, but Lord, I know that I've heard your voice. And so I'm going to say yes. I'm going to be obedient. Listen, God never gives us all the answers before we cross over. Have you noticed? Guess what? If he gave you all the answers, it wouldn't require any faith. He couldn't give you all the answers because you couldn't contain. You don't have the capacity to have all the understanding necessary. And that's why in faith we say yes and we cross over. And we truly need, we truly need to learn to trust God even when our minds tell us things could go wrong. This may not be the right. We even hear that subtle word from the Satan, from Satan well, maybe this isn't the Lord, when you know that it is, when you know that it is, yet he still whispers that maybe this isn't the Lord. Well... I want you to look at these verses. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about our church. I want you to think about this principle for all Christians who are faced with the challenge of crossing over into new things. Verse 1 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses' servant is dead. Now Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give you. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon to the great river Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and be courageous. Be careful to obey. Is the word of the Lord clear? (laughs) Absolutely. Then why is there confusion? The same reason there's confusion in our lives when there's disbelief, when there's fear, when there's self-centeredness. We realize that God has an impossible task for every one of us. We're not up to it in our strength, yet He calls us, He enables us to move forward It's about the kind of patient, faithfulness, obedience, ready to cross over when God says. And so, let's consider how it is that we're able to move forward. Where do we go from here? Well, let's answer the question, how do we go from here? And that gives us the answer of where do we go from here? I want you to see four things that are so essential In crossing over Jordan. Are you, are you open to this? (laughs) Is your heart, is your heart open to receive counsel from God's word, how to be obedient moving into the next season of your life? Well, four things. They all have to do with trusting. How do we move from here? Number one, we need to trust the promises of God. Did you hear me? We need to trust the promises of God. God did not give us these promises just to make us feel good or to help us with our attitude. He promised us all that was necessary for us to fulfill his purpose in this earth and for all eternity. If we're not standing on the promises of God, trusting in his promises, then we must be trusting in something else. Are you trusting in yourself? Are you trusting in your finances? Are you trusting in your abilities? Are you trusting in your friends? Are you trusting in your circumstances? Every one of those things is going to let you down. Trust in the promises of God. How many of you know that you're saved because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. You're trusting in God's promise for salvation. How many of you are trusting God for the lives of your children? Those of you that are parents. How is it? We as parents soon realize that we aren't enough to take care of our children and give them all the support that they need to get through. So we trust God for each of our, of our children. How many of you are trusting God in this season of your life because he has proven faithful in all the earlier seasons. Hallelujah. Let me just say it this way. Hasn't God done a pretty good job of taking care of you up to now? Amen. Then how can you dare to doubt him for your future? Do you understand what I'm saying? God is worthy of our trust. He is worthy of our trust and if we're not trusting him the problem isn't on god's end the problem is on our end we've got to repent of that unbelief we've got to lay hold of god's promises once again and so god promised joshua and israel even without moses the promised land which was a hard thing to accept Because Moses was always there for them. And now Moses is dead. Moses is gone. Is the promised land still for us now that there's no Moses? Yes. Yes. We realize how every generation takes responsibility. But then passes on to the next generation. God's promises are good from generation to generation. So we trust the promise. Number two. We trust the presence of God as He doesn't just tell us where to go and then we go forward on our own. No, He goes with us. And the promise to Joshua and Israel is, I go with you. I go before you. I go with you. Hear this. I will never leave you or forsake you. Wow. What a promise. How many of you believe that if God is with you, whatever you may face, you're okay. You have enough. You can be sure of the success that God wants through you because He's with you. God Almighty is with you. He's in you. He promised. We realize the the gift of the Holy Spirit. What an incredible gift from God. God. And we have the Holy Spirit and know the Holy Spirit in a greater way than Israel knew. How is it that God gives us His presence to constantly reassure us? The presence of God leading us into all truth, comforting us, counseling us, reminding us of what Jesus taught, showing us the way of the Lord. We've got to trust in His presence. Number three hear this this is very practical we must trust in the path the path what does that mean it means providentially God reveals a way that we need to go and if we've trusted God's leading up to now what makes us think that we should do something else Something different. Isn't it amazing how you're struggling with your life with decisions and trying to figure out which way to go. And then all of a sudden, there it is. And you realize it was there all the time. That's the common experience we have as Christians. Because God's not up there changing his mind every day based on our moods. Thank God. The path is set before. Proverbs says, he puts a straight path before our feet. Now, it doesn't look straight when our eyes are crooked. Right? We may think that it's crooked, but that's our eye problem, not our path problem. But as we step out and walk, it's amazing how straight that path becomes when we get right with God. Where you know that you know that you know that this is the way that God Called you to walk. I used to, I used to uh, love to hear uh, John Wimber in his testimony, where God called him to make a big change in his life and go a new direction. And people said, "Well, John, how do you know that this is really God?" He said, "This, I know it in my knower. <laughs> That's enough. I know it in my knower. What do you know in your knower this morning?" Guess what? You know enough if you know in faith. You know to trust the path. You know that you better not lean to your own understanding. You know that He will direct your path as you are obedient. So we trust in the promises. We trust in His presence. We trust in the path. And then finally, this is the challenging part, we trust in the process, which is the relationship, how God speaks to us, how he teaches us. How many of you know that, hear this, this, that God's will for your life is more important to God than it is to you? Yet we struggle and fret over God. What is God's will for my life? As if it's some great mystery that we have to figure out and explain to God so he'll get it. God's more concerned about us fulfilling His will for us than we are because He knows that that has to do with the fulfillment of all of His promises. So let me say, give God a chance to lead you the right way. Trust Him. Realize that you're involved in a process which is bigger than you are. And He knows how. To lead you in and to lead you out. How many of you have found out that God even uses your mistakes and your resistance ultimately to convince you and establish you in the way that you should go? The very thing that I'm fighting and wrestling with and then I discover is what God is using to lead me into the way that I need to go. How does that work? I don't know, but it works. It works. And it's the process. And if you haven't discovered it by now, but your nature and God's nature are really incompatible. And, and he's not going to change. Did you hear what I said? Your nature and God's nature are incompatible. We know that from the fall. We know that from, from, the, from sin, the carnal nature. And we know that God's not going to change. So it's about me changing and the process That God uses to convict us of sin, convince us of righteousness, lead us into the good path. You know, uh, this last week, uh, many of us shared uh, in uh, Bill's celebration of his life as he's with Jesus. I'm happy for Bill this morning. How about you? Uh, You know, I think about him and how faithful he was and how he struggled with his health in recent years. and. He's with money. He's with the Lord. And as I was thinking about Bill, I thought about, you know, just the integrity of his life. He wasn't a big showy guy, always trying to get attention. but He was always there. His integrity, his faithfulness, and what an encourager he was. How many of you were personally encouraged more than once by Bill? Every one of us that knew him. And you think about that life and how... You know what? He accepted this place, this life, to be God's servant. And he was content. You know, in godly contentment there is much gain. And I realized that Bill was more fulfilled than many people that have accomplished great things in the world's eyes because he knew his place and he took responsibility for his life In his family and in his church and in his job. I just laughed when I saw the picture in the back. When Bill retired from the company where he worked as a mechanic. They put up a sign outside that said, employee of the century. Why? Because Bill trusted in the process. That God was using in his life. To be the kind of faithful witness. Servant. The kind of integrous person that God wants all of us to be. And so trust in the... Let me say it this way. Trust in the process, which means stop sweating the small stuff. Trust in the God who is able to finish the good work that he started in you. That's Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this very thing, that he will finish the good work you know what? I have a whole lot more confidence in God finishing what He started in you than in you and your worries and your frets and your efforts to make yourself better. And don't we have that for one another? Praise God. I don't have to worry about you and you don't have to worry about me ultimately because it's God's business. And so that's why we should stop trying to fix each other's lives all the time. Forgive me, but you know what? We spend way too much time fretting about how we want other people to behave. And we need to realize that God is doing a special work in each of our lives to finish the good work He's begun in each of us for His ultimate purpose. Okay, congregation, let's, let's make a commitment. How many of you choose to trust the promises? Trust God's presence, <laughs> Trust the path. Trust the process. So where do we go from here? We cross the river. We go forward into the promised land, whatever that means for us right now. How many of you know that this church has been in a transition of leadership and identity and of mission? And we're seeing some of the first fruits of the, the new ministry That's coming out of this. But we realize God is God over both sides of the Jordan. Whatever the crossing. I I remember Sister Daw used to always say, don't put your eyes on me. Put your eyes on Jesus. She was so loved and respected and appreciated. We all wanted to go with her when she went to heaven, right? Let's just go with her. And that solves all our problems. She knew better than that. Keep your eyes on Jesus, she would say. Not on me. She was right. And as we have our eyes on Jesus, Jesus is going to lead us into the promised land, the fulfillment of all that he has for us. Well, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for Joshua and his faith. And Lord, how, Lord, you used him at such a strategic time in history. But Lord, the same principles You want to use in our lives today. And Lord, you're requiring faith, you're requiring obedience. Help us, Lord, to humble ourselves before you. Help us not to look back. Help us not to be preoccupied with ourselves. Help us to look forward in faith and be ready to be obedient and to step into all that you have for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Please stand. Sam's going to lead us in a song, we're going to have an invitation. Uh, This might be a good time for you to just take a moment to wrestle with God and settle some issues in your heart before you leave. The altar is open. What a wonderful place. The invitation that God has for us to meet with Him. To let Him show us the path that He has for us. Sam. Let's sing, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, shall we? See This is God's word to us, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto us, Matthew six thirty-three. As we uh, respond to the Lord this morning, let me ask, if you're here this morning and you're not sure of your relationship with God, you're not sure of your salvation, please stay and talk. We want to talk with you and pray with you so that you can be sure this morning before you leave that uh, you are saved, that you are ready to go to be with the Lord if, uh, whenever He comes for you. If you're here this morning and you've got an important decision or you need guidance from God, don't forget that the promise is that those who ask for wisdom will receive it. Please take a moment to ask God for wisdom for those decisions in your life.